What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike. Obviously, this is my, well, obviously, maybe not for today. We got a little switch coming up. This is my 80th podcast episode. Hopefully, it won't be my last. Guys, we're recording this on my birthday, so happy birthday to me. And we're also recording this as I got back just a couple days ago from Russia. I was there at the World Cup, living life, and I wrote a couple of blogs about my experience there, so make sure to go to MikeJanella.com and check out. I had two different blogs, one about all the soccer experience out there and one about just the travel and the Russia experience out there. But I figured that was just what I was thinking, what I wanted to know, right? So I figured when I come back, though, I got all these people, friends, family, asking me questions about the trip. So I figured... On my podcast this week, and also because I didn't have time to book a guest since I got back, uh, I was thinking I was going to ask somebody to turn the tables on me. We do that every show with the guest for one question, but I wanted to turn the tables for a whole episode and hand the mic over to somebody who could ask me all the questions they were thinking, what the people are thinking about being at the World Cup, going to Russia, and me being the guest on my own show. So who was I going to pick to do that? Well, I wanted someone that knows and loves and appreciates sports and soccer, too, as much as me. Uh, someone who appreciates like travel and going around different places and experiencing different things and has done that uh, as me. And someone who has worked at high-level media companies, has learned from some of the best broadcasters in the business, and when I couldn't find anyone, I decided to call Carmine Arpea. Carmine, what's up, dude? Yeah, I'm, I'm as close as you're going to get, I guess. Thanks for the so-so setup. <laughs> Carmine, if you're, a, if you're a deep cut listener or a fan of the show, you may remember him because, Carmine, you came on like back in the day, like maybe episode seven or something. You were my guest. Do you remember that? Something. Of course I remember. Of course I remember talking about uh, the MLB All-Star Game in Cincinnati. And uh, I remember at the time you were pumped about the uh, – the, the high ratings, and then Jonah Carey came in and blew mine out of the water. Yeah, honestly. Well, you know, it was early days. I hadn't gotten a Rolodex of guests yet, but, uh, yeah, you used <laughs> to work at MLB Network, so you had a cool, like, behind-the-scenes, a bunch of stuff to give us about that All-Star game and, and working at the network and with some of, I mean, honestly, I was joking before, but, you know, you've been up close and personal with some of the best in the business, so I figured hopefully you were taking notes uh, all those years that you were there, and I said, Carm, I texted you. Like, hey, man, I need someone that knows soccer, that knows what it's like to be on the road a lot, which you were for your gig, and someone that can uh, come on and just ask me those hard-hitting questions. So you said I'm down, and now here we are. You ready to roll? Here we are, my hosting debut. All right, here you go. Uh, before we get started, guys, a reminder to, uh, like I said, check out MikeJanella.com. But also, if you're liking what you're hearing, this is your first time here, uh, download and subscribe and rate and review. We got the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're going to be there. But now, making his Mike Janella show hosting debut, Carmine Arfea. Fire away, man. Question number one. Well, I, before the questions, I, I just want to start by wishing a very, very happy birthday. I thought you'd Alex never. Morgan. Oh, come on. American hero. We're talking soccer. I'm giving Alex Morgan the love. Sorry, man. No, that's, uh, that's fair. And we know it kills me. You know, I've, I've met her before um, a few years ago, and she's obviously America's darling and maybe a top of my like crush list uh, of all time. And when I met her, I didn't know we had the same birthday. That would have been my my icebreaker to get in, but alas, yeah, she's got better things to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As much a missed opportunity as Portugal against Uruguay a couple days ago, but we're not going to talk too much we'll about that. Uh, or so. maybe, maybe we will. Maybe, maybe we will. Or maybe we will. Uh, all, all right, right dude, go uh, for it. I, let's jump right into it. So I have, have never been to a world cup game. I've been to, you know, a, a Red Bulls MLS game that uh, was cool, but I'm sure nothing like that. So if I just want to hear, uh, the best you can describe the the in stadium experience of, of what this is all like, what it's like in inside there. I know it's it's live and die by by every second from uh, people watching on the stands. How about in the stadium? So I've been to MLS games too, and I've been to some like European uh, league games, like club games. I've been to a game at Chelsea. I've been to a game at uh, Sporting in Portugal. So I've seen a couple of different matches, um, and. MLS, it, it kind of comes close. You know where I've been? I've been to a Portland Timbers game, also MLS, and that's like the closest experience I've ever had to what I see at the World Cup, just in terms of people. Literally every minute there's noise, people are going crazy, people are chanting, people are doing something. Um, what's different with the World Cup, though, is that 
I mean, it's, it's amazing, right? You're there, like, 50,000 people all going crazy. A lot of them are either nationals or fans of one side or the other of the countries involved. A lot of them are also people that are there for, from the home country, like a lot of Russians in this case, right? And they pick one side or the other to root for, usually the underdog, like you see at a March Madness game at a neutral site or something. Um, but what's different is that it does split, right? So if you're at a Red Bulls game or a Timbers game or whatever, it's going to be all the home team that's cheering on the one side. When you're at a World Cup game, you're going to have the Portugal fans, for example, chanting, and then the Spain fans chanting back. And there's always going to be one side like louder than the other, either because the team, the countries travel better or because the locals have chosen a side. But, yeah, it's weird because people put so much like national pride on the line. Like, you think Yankees-Red Sox is crazy, right? But when you're talking... Right. I mean, the World Cup puts stuff like Argentina and England or England and Germany, like people who have fought world wars against each other or have like awkward conflicts with each other. And now you kind of get that extra layer on top of just hating the enemy or the opponent. And it's, it's weird, man. It's crazy. But yeah, it's just it's nonstop. And if you're there as someone who's on one of the sides, it's it's nerve wracking, man. Those Portugal games, it's just like for me personally, you can't enjoy it unless you're up by at least two goals because it's just you're biting your nails the whole time. But uh, it's worth it. It's unlike anything you could ever experience because it just takes it all to that next level. So how did you go about getting your tickets? And did you ever find yourself sitting in, in accidentally in enemy, enemy territory? <laughs> I did it. My brother did, though. That's a good question. Like, a lot of people don't know because I got a lot of people like, oh, uh, how do you get tickets for this stuff? I want to go next time. What do I got to do? Uh, like, FIFA makes it all super streamlined, and it's kind of like they want to run the show, right? They want to make sure they're in charge of everything. So you can find tickets on StubHub or other, like, international versions of that, but you're risking it. Especially this year, they required you to have photographic ID to get in, and it was an ID that only FIFA made. Like, so they had to send me a chip card in the mail ahead of time it was also my visa to get into russia and you needed that at every game plus a ticket to get in you needed both things so you couldn't just like get a scalper outside and show up you had to plan ahead of time for this but you know fifa.com they always put that stuff for sale a bunch uh uh, time months ahead of time so that's how i got the tickets for that for me uh, i'm also a portuguese dual citizen i don't know if you guys know that i'm kind of elite in that way you know globe trotting dude so i was able to get tickets through so, like, they set aside a certain number of tickets for every country where only those country's citizens can buy them. So there's, like, I don't know. Say there's 50,000 seats in the stadium, right? They're going to have 5,000 for Portugal fans specifically, or citizens, 5,000 for French fans and citizens specifically, and the rest is just open to the public. But you have to have a passport to get access to those special tickets. So luckily, knowing I wanted to be at all the Portugal games, I was able to get from that special pot of tickets. So I knew I was going to be sitting in like a Portugal only section, um, me and my people. Uh, my brother who I went with, his passport expired uh, last year. He never renewed it as Portuguese one. And he went with his fiance who is American. That's the only passport she has. And so you couldn't buy for that section for multiple people. Like everyone that bought a ticket needed their own Portuguese passport. So they were screwed anyway because she wouldn't have allowed them to do it. So they ended up doing that, and he took a chance. He bought tickets off some guy on, like, LinkedIn or something. Like, I never imagined he'd be Whoa, able to do that. Whoa, LinkedIn? Tickets yeah. on LinkedIn? It's like some dude posted. He's like, hey, whatever, World Cup, put a hashtag on it, got tickets, and then he found my brother. Or my brother got the tickets on some website, and the guy messaged him from LinkedIn. LinkedIn was involved somehow. And the dude gave him the tickets, but they were tickets in the Spanish section for our game against Spain. So my brother was right in the middle of all these Spanish people, and he was telling me stories afterward how, you know, they were throwing beer at him and just getting up in his face. Sure. And he's a hot-tempered dude. He gets really into it as well. He kind of brings a lot of that shit on himself, too. So I can't blame <laughs> the Spanish fans for that because I've wanted to throw a beer in my brother's face a couple times in the past myself. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I like to play by the book, so I like to make sure that I'm getting my tickets, like, officially and I know where I'm going to sit. Uh, my brother and I have other relatives that have done the same thing or a little bit more. Uh, I guess risk takers, just as long as they get in the stadium, they don't care where they're sitting, but yeah, figure it out process. after that. Yeah, exactly. If you survive, well, then is, it was worth it. This is the first time I've ever heard LinkedIn actually being useful. So shout out LinkedIn. <laughs> For anything at all? <laughs> <laughs> I've never, uh, that's just me, but I've never found a real use for it. No, that's uh, fair. Right, I that's, think I've only ever applied to like two jobs there. I never got into either one of them. So I think I'm in the same boat as you. 
Uh, so, uh, speaking of your Portuguese passport, as you know, you've been gone for a couple weeks. Uh, I'm sure you know USA is embarrassing itself in way more ways than just soccer right now. Uh, at any point, <laughs> what, what do did, you mean? What do you mean? Well, at any point, <laughs> did did you while you were out in Russia, did you decide to tell people you were port uh, you were Portuguese, or excuse me, you were from Portugal instead of America? Because I wouldn't have blamed you if you did. <laughs> No, I, I would never do that. Yeah, despite everything going on in our country, it is still our country, right? You gotta like take a little bit of pride and try and and fight back and make things better on a daily basis. That's tough, man. Like I joked about that when I was going before I left, and everyone was like, "Oh, I hope they let you back in the country," or you know, be careful with Putin or whatever, and our, our relations with Russia. But and I would say, yeah, I'm Portuguese to anyone who asks. But like in the end, English is kind of the way you get along with anyone from a different country. Um, so it's kind of your common ground. So I was given away pretty quickly. You know, my accent, the way I speak, people know I'm from the U.S. The clothes I wear, like, Americans have a look, right, whether we like it or not. And, uh, yeah, as much as I tried, I would say, yeah, I'm rooting for Portugal or I'm from Portugal. But then, you know, I live in America. So I, I wasn't going to lie about my life, but I thought about it. All right. Well, I assumed you thought about it, and, and that's why I asked you. Uh, All right, so we all saw at home, and you probably saw the highlights of it, of uh, Maradona losing his mind uh, a couple of days ago. He went to the hospital after one of the games, right? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. He said it was too much white wine. I'm not sure if I'm buying it. Yeah, it might have been too much white something else, knowing his history. Well, well, that's kind of of my question, because (laughs) I I read and uh, saw all over the internet that uh, weed, cocaine, and heroin were actually legal inside the stadiums. So, can you confirm or deny that that's actually true? Were they re- were they really? I'm you're not like, making that up. You're breaking. Well, news I read to it me. on Twitter, so oh. I read it on Twitter. So, fifty fifty chance it might have not been true. Um, uh, well, I can't personally confirm uh, nor deny. I, I don't partake in that kind of stuff. But no, no I, I didn't see anything. That's amazing, though, if that was actually well, true. Well. Next time you look at those uh, Maradona cheering highlights, if you look at the the uh, glass windowsill right in front of him, it's it's a it's a pretty dirty glass. So a little, I'm a little pretty dusty. Sure, <laughs> pretty sure Maradona uh, took a, took advantage of um, these new rules just for the World Cup. Well, uh, well, in, well, in in many ways, Maradona and I are not alike, and I guess that may uh, <laughs> that's just one more theoretically just be one of them. Yeah. Now I tell you what, I, I don't like. When I'm at games like that, I don't like being under any influence. Like, everyone likes drinking and getting drunk, tailgating for big games and stuff. I prefer to actually be as clear-headed as possible. I know a lot of people are different, but, like, it's my team in there. Like, if I'm at a Syracuse game at the Final Four or something like that, or Portugal at the World Cup, I want to be... Like, how are you? You're a huge, like, Mets fan. Are you the same way, or, like, do you like just getting torched well, and taking it from there? Well, the Mets actually... They drive you to drink, drink, right? So it's really not by choice. It's really like you really have no option. Not a fair comparison. Uh, I guess it depends on. I guess it depends on the, on the game, though, for sure. I mean, if it's a regular season game, and uh, and it's a hot July day, I'm probably gonna probably gonna drink a lot more than uh, a regular, you know, say 2015 October playoff game where I'm I'm more locked in and I want to actually see every single pitch. But these days. Uh, I mean, you picked a good time to, to leave because I don't think the Mets won a game the entire time you were gone, Mike. It's uh, I come back, I check the standings, and it's, hey, Mets are in the race for first draft pick next year. And, yeah, at least they're winning something. Yeah, something. All right. Uh, we'll move on <laughs> for that before before I start to cry. Right, before all we right. got to take you um, to the hospital. <laughs> all right. Um, so you went, to, you went to three Portugal games. You saw them against Spain, Morocco, and Iran, right? Yep. So out of uh, not necessarily those three games, maybe a game you, you watched at a bar or you saw, um, you know, somewhere else during your travels. But what fans would you say were having the most fun? What fans were just going the wildest and, and you really couldn't help but notice? Uh, the Russian fans when the, on the days Russia was playing were, I mean, you couldn't compare. They were just, obviously they live there, right? So there's the most of them and they were going the craziest and Russia was the worst team in the tournament uh, going into it, and they ended up you know, eventually beating Spain, as we saw a couple days ago. Um, so the fact they were doing so well when they were expected to do so poorly, and the fact we were in Russia, you know, that was one thing. But in terms of like day-to-day, this is a weird one. It's going to sound crazy, but Peru, which like no one thinks of them as a soccer Peru. power. Yeah, yeah. Peru. And this is their first World Cup since, like I forget, like 82 or 94 or something like that. They hadn't been in, in forever. 
And they're not a huge country. Like, they're big, but they're not a country you think of that travels a lot or that would be that, like, well-known on the international stage. But they were randomly, like, they were in cities, Peruvians, that they weren't even playing. They were just there to, like, party and celebrate. And I don't know if it's because they hadn't been there in so long or there's that much of a party people in general or they all just thought this would be a once-in-a-lifetime trip for them. But the Peruvians, and they ended up getting bounced in the group stage. I think they were eliminated after the second game even. But they were just there having a good time, man. They were there to live, live it up. And I, I give them props because they really didn't have a shot at going that far in the tournament. But you couldn't have told the difference with them. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised. South American countries, they were all crazy. You know, Argentina was well represented. Um, Peru, like I said. Colombians were crazy. They were all over the place. Um, Mexico is not South America, but Latin America. There was a ton of Mexican fans there, too. But, uh, yeah, Peru was right above them. And, uh, and a lot of the Islamic countries, too, like Morocco, it was their first World Cup in a long time, Iran, which you mentioned, we played both of those teams, and in those stadiums, man, it was like 80-20 Morocco fans versus Portugal wow. fans, or Iran versus Portugal as well, like, I definitely felt like it was a road game, um, Egypt, too, so many Egyptians, like, in the streets, um, so yeah, it was like the Latin American fans and the Islamic fans, the Islamic country fans, were far and away, like, the craziest ones. And Peru, for whatever reason, just stood out uh, over all the others, believe it or not. Awesome. That's what it's all about. I guess my two favorites from uh, from watching on TV, the Iranian fans outside Ronaldo's hotel that one time. That, that was <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> Pulling the fire alarm is, is old-fashioned. You just make a throw party right outside his window. I love that. And my other favorite fan moment was when Korea – beat Germany to keep Mexico alive, and all those Mexican fans were coming up to random Koreans in the streets and just throwing them there in the air and celebrating and chanting, Korea, Korea, to a bunch of confused Korean men. Right. That was some all-time Twitter clips I, I saw them, these last few weeks. Wasn't one of them like the like the Korean ambassador to Russia or Mexico or something? Like a legit high-ranking oh, government official? I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. aware of that, but I hope so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. And the, the thing with the, the Iranian fans with the Portugal Hotel, and, and we tied that game, and Ronaldo missed the penalty, if you remember. That would have won us the group, and we would have been on the easier half of the bracket. I'm going to blame the Iranian fans for that. Um, so I guess they did a good job on their behalf. I wasn't yeah. a big fan of it. But the crazy thing was that that was, in, um, that was the third and last game in a city called Saransk, which I'd never even heard of that city until I saw that we were going to be playing there. And it's, like, it's not a, like a backwoods town. There was a population like 280,000 or 300,000, which is like the size of Cincinnati. But, I mean, you've been to Cincinnati, you know, after hours. Not much going on there. And this was the same thing. And there were only two hotels in the entire city that were four stars or better. And Iran was staying in one and Portugal was staying in the other. So it's almost like you're inviting this kind of behavior when you know sure. that Portugal's staying in, like, the one hotel that your team's not. So I, I did not love that, the fact that there wasn't, you know, a more secure place to keep our prized players. But screw it, man. What are you going to do? Yeah, well, speaking of uh, limited four-star hotels, that led to me to one of my next questions, which was, what is the shadiest and sketchiest place you slept at? I know you were jumping to a bunch <laughs> of Airbnbs. I followed you on social media a little bit. But, uh, you know, when there's World Cup, Olympics, no matter what, I'm sure hotel rooms are tough to come by. So what was the, uh, the diciest one you found yourself at? Yeah, we actually did not uh, no hotels. We, it was all Airbnb, although one of them was like a hotel that uses Airbnb. It was kind of like a, a cheat code in the middle, but... Uh, yeah, it was definitely sketch. I stayed in sketchier places, uh, than Russia, but, um, trying to think. what a life. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'll write the book someday. Um, let's see, I mean, the one, the thing with like the sketchiness was that everything there is still so like old, literally the infrastructure for a lot of these residences. So, like, we were staying, like, the one place, it was a nice place, a little baby studio, you know, it wasn't anything where we felt in danger, but all the locks to get into the buildings were still, like, locks you could easily pick, you know? There's nothing, nothing electronic, no alarm mm -hmm. systems, not, not a lot of gates. Some of them were, like, those old, like, medieval keys, like, actual, like, golden keys that you have to, like, insert. Like, actual dungeon over. keys. Right, it, literally, like, Game <laughs> of Thrones shit. And so I'm thinking, man, if if someone knows, like, if the guy who's hosting this, it's all just a giant scam, and he's, you know, quote-unquote away while we're staying in his place, 
But then his homie that he calls up and he's like, hey, I got a spare key. Go, like, you know, rob some shit while these people are away. Like, it could have been a big scam. Who knows? So I, that was the only sketchy part. Like, the neighborhoods, we made sure we stayed in good neighborhoods. We made sure the places all were with, like, who appeared to be solid Airbnb hosts. But, uh, yeah, whenever you're in, like, a new country and, and it's just not the same security you're used to, you raise your eyebrow a little bit, but that's the fun of traveling, right? You got to roll the dice, take, take a risk once in a that, while, see what happens. That's the thrill of it, right? Uh-huh. You never know well, if you're going to wake up uh, with <laughs> missing your kidney or not. Who knows? <laughs> right, right, or like an Liam Neeson coming to rescue you in some. Uh... <laughs> oh, dude, that just reminds me. That's the sketchiest place I slept in. Liam Neeson just triggered my memory. Uh, two of the nights that I traveled, I didn't stay in a hotel. I stayed in an overnight train. Uh, a nine-hour oh. train where, like, there one of the ones go. where you sleep on. Go. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that. Um, so what I ended up doing was, at first, so you can buy either... So these trains, it's like first class, you have your own, like, suite on the train. It's like a nine-and-a-half-hour train ride. So you get, like, a shower, you get a recliner. Nine-and-a-half like, over... This is overnight, right? Overnight, yeah. So gotcha. I took it from Moscow to Saransk. I left at, like, 9 p.m., and arrived at 7 a.m., uh, or a little bit before that. And the way back, I left at, like, 8.30 and arrived at 6 uh, the next morning, stuff like that. Um, so you can get, like, either the, the Grand Master Suite, which has all that shit, all those amenities, or you can get the, like, the Middle Class Suite, which is designed for two people. You get, like, two drop-down twin beds. Or then you can go into the, like, the Poor Person Special. They're designed for, like, people who can't afford anything better. And it's two sets of bunk beds in one train like room. So it's like, you know, bottom, bottom, top, top. And you buy one ticket. So it's you and potentially three strangers Damn. sleeping in less than a twin sized bed or cot for nine hours. It's like very close quarters. Um, so at first I went for the middle class, uh, one, cause I figured, all right, worst case, it's me and one stranger. I can stay awake all night if I have to and keep myself, <laughs> you know, safe and not human trafficked. Uh, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, let me not take the chance. And I ended up springing and buying uh, both sets of seats in my compartment so that it would be only me. And it was Smart worth move. the extra like hundred bucks for my peace of mind uh, and to be able to sleep. But yeah, you never know. You're like moving through this, the Russian countryside. You have no cell phone service. There's no lights or houses for literally, you know, 50, 100 miles at a time. Yeah. You never know. I've seen murder on the Orient Express. I've seen Taken. You know, you never know what's going to happen on these trains overnight. Uh, these conductors get, like, slipped $100, and they open your door to some murderer or something. You never know. So that was the sketchiest place <laughs> I stayed. Yeah, overnight train car. Overnight Russian train cars. Ugh. Yeah. It was fun, though. Yeah, that's tough to top. Well, it's good to have the story now that it's over. Right. Yeah, like most things I do in life. As soon as I get through it, it was a great idea in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh all right. What um what was the most touristy thing you did w- while you were in Russia? I'm sure the whole thing wasn't just soccer, 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 or football, football, football. Excuse me. Right, right. We're speaking Portuguese now. We're speaking my language. Yeah. Uh, easy, that's an easy question. Um, the St. Basil's Cathedral, which is like that famous church that has those multicolored, like onion-shaped tops, those domes on top, right in red square. It's like when I think of Russia, since I was a kid, that's the first thing I think of. It was that church. Mm-hmm. And I knew I'm a tourist person. Like, you know, I go to Paris. I want a picture with the Eiffel Tower. Uh, sure. You know, I'm that guy. I don't care about if I was not from here, I'd go to New York. I'd go right to Times Square. Like, I like that kind of shit. It's cheesy and it's lame, but they're famous and, you know, for a reason. So I love that stuff. So I wanted a picture with that more than anything. That's all I wanted out of a trip to Moscow. And uh, that was it. Like, as soon as we got there, I knew, like, all right, first thing, we got to go there. And uh, my poor brother, I, I made him go. Cause you know me, Carmine. I'm, I got a brand to maintain, right? And that my Instagram, oh, yeah. my Instagram's quality stuff. So I got to make sure those photos are top notch. So I had him take like ten different options for me, uh, just like as his girlfriend or fiance is sitting there uh, wondering <laughs> why the hell we're taking so long on this. But I had to have the good look, you know. I had to have the perfect pick, and it ended up working out for me. I liked how it came out. So yeah, you're, def- you're being too hard that. on yourself, Mike. You're being too hard on yourself. Every angle on you is a good angle. Oh, you, you want to make this a full-time uh, co-hosting gig, don't you? Flattering me like that. Well, I'm just, just doing my job. Just doing my job. <laughs> All right. S- since I am the host now, since I am the host, I'm going to, I'm going to stop, press stop recording. It's just you and me now here. All right. This isn't recording. <laughs> okay.
what was Russian Tinder like? <laughs> um, you're not recording, but I still am, so I got to tread carefully with this question. Uh, no, I actually I did not uh, partake in Russian Tinder, uh, although I was tempted just to see what it would be like. But uh, so here's the thing, right? Like nowadays, you're in a foreign country, you never know what's gonna happen, right? Like. I try, you try and meet women, you know, either at the club or digitally or whatever. Next thing you know, she's slipping something in your drink when you're not looking. And then Sergei, her like muscle comes in when you're knocked out and robs you or like takes you back to some safe house. And next thing you know, you've been duped and, you know, Putin's sending Trump a letter, like a million dollars to get this American citizen back. And then I'm fucked for the rest of my life. So, um, <laughs> Wasn't worth it for me. Uh, my, the younger Mike, maybe back in the day, I'm in the Dominican Republic or I'm in uh, Germany or wherever. I'd be trying to, you know, flirt with every woman in sight because I'm on vacation feeling good. But not now, man. I'm, I'm not taking those chances. Um, I, I, can't, I can't risk it. I feel like 75% of your answers have been like, well, I was going to, but I didn't want to get stabbed, so I didn't. You're in Russia, right? Like, what do you expect? That was a... No, that's probably the right way to go about it. Probably the right way to go about it. Way better so safe than are, sorry. You, 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 are, you are in Russia. You did, I'm sure you did drink. I'm sure you did explore the nightlife. I'm sure Russia has its safe areas and it's, and it's not so safe areas. So at what moment during your entire trip, looking back on it, do you feel like you were the closest to getting actually kidnapped? King. Uh, that's a good question. There might have been more than one answer there. Um, let's see. Huh. Well, that was the other thing, too, is that we didn't really, because we were moving so much, because um, my brother and his fiance were only there for the first week with me, so we were, like, always in the move. So we were so tired, we didn't really do, like, the hardcore nightlife scene, even though places, especially St. Petersburg, because the sun never really goes down there this time of year. It's so far north. Um, so there were places that stay open until 6 a.m. And like I said, younger me, or if we were there for more time, may have explored it. We didn't really get to go uh, that far. But probably the, the one night was when Russia won their second game over Egypt and basically guaranteed they were moving on to the knockout round. We were in the streets, and it was just literally like 50,000, 100,000 Russians just crowding this one city block we were in. And I was just ready for me to lose my brother or to lose the fiance and just like get you know swept away in like a mosh pit of russian people throwing vodka bottles and like climbing light poles it was like the eagles won the super bowl uh just in (laughs) moscow so imagine that but not speaking the language or knowing how to get home or anything like that so uh, i was a little bit worried there and then um the other time it ended up not really working but i we met this girl who (laughs) was like we were getting lunch at a place and she was just there like helping tourists who looked confused because she spoke english and helping people translate the menu and order what they wanted for food and she and i hit it off because you know i'm a pretty charming guy so we're chatting and she was cute and i was like oh speaks english you know let's make some conversation and then um we linked up on facebook we were messaging and she was like oh you should come hang out with me and my friends tonight and i'm thinking all right it's gonna go one of two ways either she's like really cool and i'm gonna have like a fun international pen pal that you know we can hang out whenever i'm in moscow again in the future or she's in new york or whatever um which is like best case rom-com scenario or she's luring me into a trap uh where you know sergey who i talked about earlier is there waiting for me to get you know shanked again so um but we ended up not being able to meet our schedules didn't work out so i avoided that altogether but those were the only the only two times i thought i was really going to get abducted that's that's good. That doesn't sound too scary. There no, it was wasn't. Couple- but that was, that was by design. Like I told you, I went into this trip with like as much precaution as possible. I wasn't right. going to take well, any chances. I obviously followed you on social media. It was pretty wild seeing it. you out at 9, 10 o'clock at night, and it's like not even dark out yet, really. Dude, it got um, to like 1, there- 2 in the morning, and it was still sunny out. It, it totally threw me off. Because you can, you can get in a lot of trouble like that. You think it's still happy hour, and you keep drinking that way. Like you have a whole night ahead of you, but it's really right. 2 a.m. That's that's a slippery slope. Yeah, you can uh, you can miss the whole next day real quick. <laughs> Fast for sure. Damn. All right. Uh, what about? I mean, was this your first time in Russia? I assume, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not my first World All Cup, right. but my first time in Russia. Yeah. Right. I know that. But all right. So first time in Russia. Um, this is kind of a an easy question, I think. But uh, what kind of uh, what was the best and worst food you had in there? 
Uh, Russian food, I talked about this a little bit in that blog that I wrote. Again, shameless plug, visit MikeGianella.com. Um, the food wasn't, like, anything great, and I kind of expected that, because you don't think of Russia as this culinary arts place. You know, it's not Italy, it's not France, it's not famous for that. People don't go there for the food, but, um, I don't know, best thing I ate... I had a beef stroganoff dish at this one restaurant, this one steakhouse, and that is a Russian, like, cuisine, a delicacy. It was invented there, so... That was really good. Uh, it was just loaded with, you know, cream and probably took a week off my life clogging my arteries. But that's what I liked. Worth it. Uh, worth it. Totally worth it. So, yeah, the beef stroganoff at some steakhouse I couldn't even tell you the name of uh, in Moscow was the best. And the worst, um, I had this, like, breakfast thing on the train that they gave it to us. And it was, like, this weird – it was supposed to be, like, a coffee cake, but it wasn't soft. It wasn't – didn't taste like anything they just kind of put some sugar on a stale piece of bread but what do you expect <laughs> on a train ride you know an overnight train breakfast that's what you're getting what you ask for so um but yeah i would say like in general just food was mediocre uh at best but that's not what they're known for so well you're you don't do you even do? remember your own social media mike because i'm i guess oh. you didn't sleep very much while you were there but i saw you try caviar for the first time ever oh i t- totally forgot about that yeah i did caviar yeah that was actually really good the thing with the caviar so, Go ahead. No, I'm just wondering if you think your uh, your lifestyle can keep up with uh, regular caviar now. Oh, absolutely not. No way. Well, that was a funny <laughs> thing, right? Like, I had caviar for the first time. This is probably why I didn't remember even having it, because I had it at some, like, dive bar. And so I saw on the menu, like, salmon with caviar. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get, like, a nice helping of caviar. I'm going to really dig into this. If I like it, it's going to be great. And literally, caviar comes in, like, these little droplets, right? And So I know now, now that I live this high-class life. Um, there was maybe like six of them on there, right? So it was like the the least amount of caviar that you could possibly have. It was enough for like one taste and I loved it. Like that one taste was enough, but I'm sure that if I were to get it in an amount that you're supposed to enjoy it, I would not be able to afford that or, or keep up with that. So, and and um, also not at a dive bar. And also and that, right. You're not going to find that at like Foley's in Midtown. Uh, they're not going to have the caviar <laughs> on the menu. So uh, back to but, mozzarella sticks for me, I think. Long but, term. but you're not going to find Bud Light in Russia. So you, you know, you give some, you take some. You can't Bro. get everything, right? Don't get me started. They had Bud Weiser. They had Bud Heavy there everywhere. That was the only beer you could get at the stadiums. How can you not have Bud Light as a complimentary option? Blows my mind. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to suffer through that. Yeah, I'm still so not what'd you do? Did you, or anything. Did you drink that? I know Bud Light is pretty on brand for you, but did you just drink the heavy stuff for the first time ever? Uh, not first time ever, but yeah, I, I had to. Like, what was my other choice, right? That's all they're going to give you. That's all I'm going to take. So, all right. I hope you weren't pouring water into it. <laughs> just just to get it down to, to Bud Light levels. It's a good idea. <laughs> maybe next time. Maybe next time. Maybe for next the, time. for the all record, right. I want to clear this up. By the way, because yeah, Bud Light very on brand for me. If I had to drink any one beer, like right now, you were to offer one to me, Bud Light would be my choice. But for all the beer snobs, I do, when I go places, like to try the local stuff. So I was trying all the Russian beers I could. FYI, just letting you know that Bud Light is the one, like, across the board, a good one for me. So I just want to make that clear. Right. You tried the local stuff because Bud Light wasn't available. (laughs) Busted. (laughs) All right. Uh, So you obviously were... uh, in the United States for all of the all of the spring and or most of the spring and the spring you were out in Russia for the World Cup so you've kind of seen a lot of uh, a lot while you're out there so I want to know what is the more annoying argument to listen to MJ versus LeBron or Ronaldo, Ronaldo versus Messi, Messi? Uh, that's a good one. I think, uh, Ronaldo Messi, because everyone knows that LeBron is better than Jordan. So that's not even an argument anymore. Oh my God. I'll throw <laughs> you off my show right now. Uh, you'll never be welcome back again. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're both like, they're both annoying, right? They're just, cause you can't like Jordan and, 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 and LeBron. Yeah, they're both brutal. They're both brutal. Obviously. It's tough. <laughs> and like, you know, there's different eras and different, like Jordan today, couldn't he wouldn't hold a candle to LeBron, but Jordan today wouldn't be the Jordan we know. He would have all the same like weights and medicines and all that kind of different stuff LeBron has now. And Ronaldo Messi, it's different too, because soccer I mean you've played soccer, one guy, no matter how good they are, it's still you're only one of ten dudes out there that can affect anything, uh, not counting the keepers. Like it's just so tough and it I don't know. Uh, I guess 
MJ versus LeBron is more annoying to me just because I hear it more. And I think soccer fans are a little bit more knowledgeable knowing that you can't compare Ronaldo and Messi. They're just two different guys that do two different things. Whereas American sports fans, it's like they're going to pick one or the other. And it's just, it's just annoying. Yeah, it's a, it's a totally different argument because Ronaldo and Messi are actually both playing in the same time frame. And you're right, they do do different things. Messi runs all over the field and Ronaldo just sits right in the, uh, in the 18 box waiting for easy goals. Hey, hey, take it easy, or I'll kick you off my show. <laughs> we'll have to find a third. We'll have to find a third debate that we can agree on, so that it's uh, it's even on the on the paper match here. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Um. Well. Uh. I mean, that's that's it for for my Russia questions. But how about when you got back in the U.S.? Obviously, you didn't have had Bud Light in a while. Obviously, you hadn't had mozzarella sticks in a while. But Oof. what was the first thing you did when you got back? Uh, to be honest, I went right to an audition. I had booked an audition for a gig while I was away, and the only day they had available was the day I got back. So I literally landed. So I take this nine-hour overnight train. I get to Moscow at 6 a.m. I go to the airport for my 9 a.m. flight, and then I'm flying to JFK direct, thankfully. I land around noon. I take uh, the air train to the E back to Midtown. Uh, I meet my brother around 1.30, he gives me a change of clothes that I'd asked him to bring from home. I go to Planet Fitness because I'm a member there, and I go to, the, to their bathroom there and change and, like, wash my face and put my makeup on. Uh, first guy to ever put his makeup on in a Planet Fitness locker room, I can assure you, <laughs> uh, in Manhattan. And then I went to an audition and did that and uh, hopefully crushed it, even though I was on, you know, no sleep over the last 24 hours. And then, uh, then I came home, and I ordered myself from my local pizza place. Shout out Park Ave Pizza in Jersey City. I got myself a nice uh, foot-long chicken parm sub with an order of mozzarella sticks. And uh, I didn't have a Bud Light because I figured beer would have just put me to sleep right away. But I had myself a nice uh, Diet Coke, which is another one of my favorites. And uh, that was the first thing, uh, the first things I did when I got back. Home sweet home, baby. Gotta love America. Uh, it was good to be back. Well, we're happy to have you back. Ah, oh, thanks, my man. Um, wow, holy, we already got to like 40 minutes just uh, just talking. I don't realize how fast the time flies when I'm not the one uh, coming up and asking what the questions. You got more stuff? Yeah, well, time flies when uh, when you're when you're talking the whole time and yeah, I'm tell- enjoying listening. <laughs> well, That's I usually mean, how my what, show goes sure, anyway. Sure, I got a, I got a, I got a few more. Did you? I one thing I personally was wondering was you're in Russia. Did you see any crazy people scaling buildings and hanging off of skyscrapers? Is that a reference to something I'm not getting? No, that's what Russians do. They like, they're always, there's these crazy videos. Every, all of your listeners know what I'm talking about. If you just search Russian guy on YouTube, I guarantee you he's hanging off of a building. <laughs> See, when I think Russian crazy videos, I always think those dash cam videos. Those dash cam yeah, videos. Yeah, like, like, like an 18 wheeler truck just flipping over five times and nobody gets hurt. Like, how yeah. is this possible? Well, I guess what was the most Russian thing you saw while you were there? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a good question. Um, probably, like, Everyone jokes, right? Like, oh, Soviets, Russians, they're just, like, no personality. They just, you know, they never laugh. They never smile. That's so true, though. Like, I thought, no way. Like, everyone's going to be, you know, the, the Berlin Wall fell, what, like, 30 years ago now. Like, things have changed. Not really. Like, Russian people, they're nice once you break them down and get to know them and talk to them for a little bit. But every time I said hi to somebody or you do that thing, you walk past someone in the street and you just give them, like, that nod and a smile. Like, hey, fellow person, like, hope you're having a good day. Like, that thing. No, man, they don't, they don't mess around with any of that. Everybody is just like stone faced. Uh, don't bother me. Uh, do your own thing. I'll do mine. No, like laughing, no smiling, uh, unless they, like you were in their circle. But otherwise I couldn't believe just how Russian Russian people are. It's, 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 <laughs> it was crazy to me that it was all the, the stereotypes were kind of true. At do least you think that goes, better. do you think that goes for everyone or you think that's because you were American or that's because you were uh, all decked out in Portugal gear, or do you think that's just across the board? If you're not my friend, then I don't even want to make eye contact with you. I think any any foreigner. I think like Russians probably have this secret agreement. They're cool with each other, but then when there's outsiders there, you would go to different tourist attractions, and they would charge you more if you were from a different country, and you get a discount mm. if you were a Russian. Which I've never seen that in America, and America is you know, home of capitalism. So if there's any chance to charge people more money for any reason, they would do that. But they did that in Russia. So I think there's that baked in 
isolationism. And I think a lot of that ha comes from the Soviet days where the USSR could just do everything on their own, didn't have to worry about relying on other countries. And I think that does boil over a little bit because I saw fans from other countries too, Germans, Mexicans, you know, Americans, obviously, as you can imagine, all getting the same treatment, you know, getting held up by police a little bit longer or the customs people asking them more questions, uh, that kind of stuff. So I think it was just not being Russian was right away a red alarm. And, and you know what? I can't blame them. You have tens of millions of people coming from different countries that don't speak your language that expect everything to be done for them on their schedule. And you're here and you got to put up with that. you got to host that. So I can see where they're coming from a little bit. But uh, I don't think it was me or America or Portugal in specific. I think it was just being somebody from the outside was what what got me uh, that, that nice VIP white glove treatment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be funny, too. Like, when we host the World Cup in eight years, it's going to be Canada, U.S., Mexico. I'm, I'm really <laughs> interested to see how people experience it differently, even within those three countries. If you go to a game in Toronto and then one in, I don't know, Dallas and then one in Guadalajara, how different will that experience be for someone uh, when it's three different countries doing it? I'm, like, super for sure about that. For sure. Yeah. Would you say while you were in Russia, like, did the Americans – stick out like a sore thumb where there are Americans clearly acting like Americans, uh, you know, drink, drinking like Americans, yelling in, like Americans and embarrassing themselves like Americans do? I'd No, thankfully. I think the Americans, any American that would travel to Russia right now, I think is smart enough to know to not act super American. Um, I think a lot of the people that would act that way and I'm painting in broad strokes here, but I think a lot of the people that act that stereotypical, you know, back-to-back -back World War champs, uh, let me crush a natty ice, like that kind of American, would never go uh -huh. to Russia to begin with. But, no, I saw one person in, a, like, a Stars and Stripes t-shirt, but they weren't acting belligerent or doing anything stereotypically American. So that was cool. Though, uh, the one time I was in the restaurant, same restaurant, that dive bar where I ate the caviar, and this group of four American dudes comes in with their Russian tour guide translator and I think I tweeted this out when it happened. Not once my whole time in Russia, I had been there for 10 days at the time. Not once had anyone taken shots. I hadn't seen anyone do shots of anything. Even though they're famous for vodka, people would sip it or have it in a tumbler or whatever. These four Americans come in, and I think the tour guy's name was Yuri. And they said, you know, Yuri, thanks for showing us around today. Hey, uh, you know, let's get, let's get shots of vodka, like five shots for the table. And I just sat there thinking that's the most American thing possible. Just show up at the bar, and the first thing, we're doing, we're doing a round of shots, uh, which was awesome. But they were cool guys, it seemed like. They weren't making noise or being too rowdy or anything. So uh, American in moderation was a good way to go. That's good. That's good. I was, I'm always worried about Americans outside of the U.S. and giving us a bad name. And as, a, as an American, I'm almost nervous to, to, to travel outside to the U.S. Because I person. feel like everyone's just like, oh, I mean, maybe to be that person in certain aspects, but just like, I don't know. I feel like Americans' reputations where, I don't know. If I was if I was in another country and I was going to rob someone, I'd probably pick an American to do it, too. Yeah, no, I can't blame you. I mean, years of imperialism and just being kind of elitist, that'll do that for your reputation, especially what's going on now, too. But this is not a political show, so we'll try and avoid all mm -hmm. that. But I get where you're coming from because, yeah, we don't have uh, – the best reputation in a lot of parts of the world right now. But thankfully, in Russia, at least the two weeks I was there, the places I was there, uh, everything was above board on the up and up. So I think you had a, you had a good mix on, uh, on social media of, you know, of posting some good things, of some cools, uh, you know, cool shots of the stadium and the parties and whatnot, but, but not too much. But was there any crazy, any crazy moment in, or anything where you were like, oh, God, no one's ever going to believe me. I wish I got a picture of that or a video of that. Was there anything where you wish you could have, you could have recorded, but you missed it? Huh. That's a good question. Cause you, yeah, usually I see something and I get the phone out right away. Cause I'm a millennial and it's 2018. Um, I'm trying to think anything that I didn't get to capture. Not, uh, nothing like jumping right away at me. I'm sure once we're done with this, I'll have to go back and edit in an answer. Like, oh, in post, just fix it and pretend like I'm talking about it. Um, <laughs> sure. No, not really. It's like little fleeting moments that, you know, in, in, the, in the time, you know, I, I'll see a guy do something funny on the subway or something. And mm -hmm. oh, I wish I had my phone out for that. It would be like a hilarious viral Instagram story. And then I would, if I did get it, no one would even care or watch it. Like I always hype it up in my mind that, 
I'm catching sure. all this great stuff that no one really gives a shit about. Um, no, nothing that comes right away to mind, uh, to be honest. So, um, although I'll tell you something, the opposite happened. I was watching the England uh, game against Panama, I think, uh, at one of the square, the big fan squares they established for it, where you can watch for free in like a big public park. And this one dude was going so bananas. It was like, he was tripping on something, is what he acted like. But I really think he was just a crazy fan. And he was acting so wild for this one England penalty kick. And I knew he was going to do something crazy. So I had my phone out in anticipation of it. And, man, he delivered. Um, and it went so, I won't say viral, but it got like 6,000, 6,500 views on my Twitter. And then the BBC themselves asked me, they DM'd me or tweeted me if they could have my permission to use that video on their like recap of the day's events on like BBC One. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah, go for it. And then I get an email from Twitter saying that FIFA narked on me because it included some game footage on the giant big screen at the beginning. And evidently I was, you know, copyright violations or whatever. So FIFA forced Twitter to take down my tweet, even though the world obviously loved it. So not the answer to your question, but just Twitter. Maybe focus on some more important things, uh, you know, marshalling your your timelines instead of my, like, grainy, sunny, washed out, you know, not even visible soccer footage. But I I don't run the company. I feel like Twitter is going to crack down on you because they feel like you're getting too many views of some footage you don't have. Then exchange, yeah, I take down the video. You give me the blue check mark. I think that's fair. I'll I'll tweet Jack or whoever Jack Dorsey I think is the guy that runs Twitter, and I'll get I'll get talking. And you can be my negotiator because I feel like that's next a good, time. Good hard yeah, yeah. Co-host negotiator. I'll go I'll go to bat for you. I'll Ride or die, to baby. We're the uh, we're we're the Ray Ordonez of Garda Alfonso a tandem uh, for whatever we tackle. I mean, I'm flattered, but at the same time, I don't know if that's going to get you very far. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get you to the, the 2000 World Series and the 99 LCS. Um, yeah. All right, dude. Actually, I just heard uh, my doorbell ring upstairs. I think my parents are here. And if I don't say hi to my mom on my birthday, uh, that's not going to be great. So you got one last question or anything, or are we going to wrap this thing up? No, I, I think we're good, man. I, I was very curious as to uh, for the Russian Tinder. Uh, I'll ask you later <laughs> on when I get a couple Bud Lights in you about how it actually went. That's, the, no, that's the honest truth. I do not lie on the <laughs> podcast. The honest truth. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty content, man. I mean, unless there's a, unless there's a story I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not, I forgot to ask about. I mean, what, what's the big moment that you're going to be telling everyone about? What are you going to be remembering the most four years from now when you're looking back at, at Russia? What's the first thing you're going to think of? Man, there were so many, um, and I've been thinking about this too, just myself, because I've been to different, you know, soccer tournaments before, and in the moment there are so many things that happen, but you always think back those top couple things, and uh, I've got two for this one, one soccer and one just in general. The one was uh, when Ronaldo tied it against Spain in the 87th, 88th minute uh, on that free kick in our first game. I will never forget that moment, just praying for it to happen before it did. Hugging a stranger, a 70-year-old dude next to me afterward for like five straight minutes because we were both going crazy. He was crying. I was right on the verge of tears too. Um, that for sure. And then the scene in Russia, in Moscow, in the streets the night after uh, Russia won their second match. Just these people going crazy, elbow to elbow for a mile straight up till one, two in the morning. Just that's what you do that stuff for. So those are the two I'm going to remember. But there was a, a ton. And uh, I'm not going to talk about them all now because it'll take me forever. But I try to get them all. Go to that blog. Go to my website. It's MikeJanella.com. You'll see the two posts I made about the trip and the soccer. And I think you'll hopefully get a good uh, understanding of kind of the stuff, the moments that are going to stick out for me. And just do it. Like my one piece of advice for people, just do it. You know, Go to a World Cup. Go to a World Series. Go to a Final Four. Whatever your sports thing is, take some time. Spend or Save the money you got to save over however long it takes you got to go to one of these, you know, life-changing events because if you're a sports person, I mean, you've been to World Series, you've been to, you know, World Baseball Classic in different countries and stuff like that. You know what it's like. you got to just, if you're into sports, you got to do these once-in-a-lifetime things because you're never going to forget them. It's, it's amazing. And you get to meet people and experience totally. things and, you know, try caviar in a, in a shitty Russian-Irish knockoff <laughs> bar and, and stories you're going to remember for the rest of your life. So... I couldn't do agree it. more, man. Do it. Spe- spend money uh, on experience. It's not materials. That's the way to go. That's the way I, I live my life. I've never experienced something like that. I'll tr- 
I'm sure I'll figure out a way to go to a game four years from now, but I'm sure it won't even even going to one in if I go to one in New Jersey or whatnot, it won't even compare to uh, the experience you had. So I'm very jealous. Hope to uh, get experience like that on my own sometime soon, even hey, if it's man. for Copa. Yeah, <laughs> you hit it on. You hit the nail on the head. And yeah, as, as people know that uh, listen to the podcast regularly, I record this in my closet downstairs for the acoustics, and I'm staring at my gym clothes pile right now. And I got the same Under Armour shorts I've worn to the gym since literally 2008. I don't spend money on that stuff because I like to spend it on experiences like this. So you, you hit it right on the head, man. It's, that's that's beautifully said. All right, dude, Carm, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Well, I well I see you tomorrow for some some birthday celebration. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, unfortunately, I'm working tomorrow, but I got Wednesday, oh. Thursday, Friday off, so I got to work tomorrow. If I'm out early, uh, we will cheers to Alex Morgan. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll send her a tweet. Maybe, uh, maybe she'll remember who I am uh, eight years after we we first met, and we can do it. We can do it. Together. When when did you meet her? Was it a was it a world record thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget who it was, but somebody was doing the most penalty kicks uh, taken in a row. Like, right in New York City. It was right after the Women's World Cup when she and that whole team blew up. And, yeah, so it was like, you know, one person takes a penalty kick, next person comes in and takes one, and just all these New Yorkers were going for it. And she was there as a special guest. And, uh, yeah, got to chat her up, got a picture, one of my favorite pictures of all time. And that was the last we ever spoke, sadly. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll we'll work on it. We'll work on it. All right, dude. Carm, appreciate it. Don't work too hard, man. And uh, thanks again for doing this. My pleasure. Happy birthday, man. Anytime. Thank you. And uh, you guys, how about you give me a birthday gift? And if you're not already, subscribe to the pod, download all the past episodes you want, give me a good rating, a five-star rating, because we give you five-star content, so that's only fair, and a cool review. I'd really love it. Again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Tell your friends, too. Maybe you already subscribe, but you know friends that don't. Get them on board, because we've got a lot of cool guests uh, every episode uh, moving forward, so you're going to want to be part of that. Also, make sure to follow me on social media at Mike Janella on every platform and visit MikeJanella.com for all previous episodes, the two blogs I wrote about this trip, and also great information on the outro music you're hearing as we speak. Thank you to Carmine. Thank you for, to Portugal for the good memories while they lasted. Thank you to Russia for the amazing hospitality while I was out there. Amazing, maybe not the best choice of words, but no, I really had a blast and a great time. And I recommend a World Cup to anybody. Most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. I'll do even better next time. See ya!